All right. Well, hey, what um, as you guys have been going through this for the last couple of weeks now, uh, again, this is this is not something that in a, a four or five six week class you just uh, become an expert at, and you're like the best faith sharer in the world. But what are some of the things if you guys have been doing this, going out, sharing the bridge, sharing your testimony? Uh, engaging in conversations with folks. What are just a couple things, experiences you've had, stories you'd want to share? We're going we're to give you guys a chance to talk about at your table, but just right now in the large group, just a couple of volunteers to share things they've learned and then really things they've practiced and tried. And, and we're not, to be, to be clear, don't feel, oh man, I, I didn't share the gospel with someone and they accepted Christ and now they're a Christian. Like, hey, if that happened, awesome. But that's not necessarily what we're looking for here. We're just looking for experiences you've had as you've tried to live out the things you've been learning. So who's who's got some some stories from the last year. I'll pass the mic around. Go for it. Stand up, name, and then, yeah, what uh, What do you got to share with us? My name's Lance. Is this working? There we go. Um, I think the first time I ever tried, I was, uh, I met up with a uh, co-worker, and we went out to lunch, and I kind of brought the subject, and he was just like, hey, man, that's kind of awkward. And um, I just kept uh, pushing. He was just like, man, I just think that's personal. But after you... You know, if there's, after I kept slowly working in there, he actually opened up and he really enjoyed the conversation. He thanked me later for it. We started exchanging emails about uh, what we had discussed, and you know, I let him know that we can, uh, if he had any more questions, he can come talk to me. Um, but you know, I just wanted to provide encouragement. It's like at first, yeah, it, it could their shields go up, but uh, just keep on uh, talking in a loving way and. Hopefully, you know, we'll have some, uh, some groundbreaking. So, yeah. That's a great example of how society or culture might tell us, oh, you can't talk about religion or politics or something like that. But there's my experience and a lot of Christian studies would actually show people want to talk about this stuff. They're maybe just afraid or they don't know how. And so when we do lean in and we press in and we do it in a loving way, uh, some really cool conversations can, can come from it. And so, yeah, what else? Who else has got an experience they want to share? Don't make me call on you. <laughs> Go for it. So, um, in one conversation, I tried to bring up the the bridge, and I just found it awkward. You know, we're, we're talking face to face, and then, okay, let me grab a piece of paper and start drawing. So I didn't go to draw it, but I we talked about it. But there was a lot of, um, I'd say, it felt very combative, <laughs> and I, I think I got sucked into it. And then another situation Keenan and I shared with his brother, and funny enough, he asked all the questions that, when, when we were shown the bridge and the questions that people asked here, one of which was, well, it looks like Jesus is between me and God. And, you know, just that illustration somehow. So I thought it was really good to keep illustrating the, you know, the crossover. You know, the, I, I don't remember the verse, but there's the arrow that we show over going to God because... Um, says, well, I mean, why does a bridge seem like we are separated and Jesus is still standing between? Because, and then it was a good chance to say that it's only through Jesus that we come to God. That's my experience. Who, uh, who remembers that verse she's talking about, the crossover? Just yell it out. Who, someone knows it. John, John 5.24. No, yeah, another girl in Ephesians 2.8 and 9. Yeah, just this idea that we cross over. Um, from from death to life, and so that's awesome. 
Hey, one more thing just before we, we do jump in uh, on the, the map and how Ryan did that. Like, guys, the reality is Todd and JP and some of the other men that are very, very gifted. I mean, at the risk of sounding arrogant, I'd argue some of the best communicators out there. Uh, the, the sermons they give, the things they say are awesome. But really what, what we found out just being on staff and, and Ryan and I have both been involved with the porch quite a bit over the years. People come to know the Lord through conversations they have with people, not because of some catchy or flashy thing that JP said or some story he told. And don't get me wrong, God uses those stories and those sermons, and we absolutely want to and are going to keep doing them each and every week on Sunday. But most of the time when we talk to folks, it's not like, oh yeah, like, you know, halfway through JP said this one thing, and then I accepted Christ. Like, that's just, that's, that's typically not the case. I have heard that maybe one or two times, but almost always it's people who follow up with them afterwards. It's people who say, hey, what'd you think of the message on Sunday? It's people who are, you know, burden bearing down front or intentionally just going to church and looking for people to talk to and looking for people to engage with. And so, like, that map truly is an accurate representation, or I say can be an accurate representation of how and what God does in people's lives. It's through you. And so, again, to be, to be real clear, love Sunday, for Sunday, going to keep doing Sunday, I think, forever, in a good, good way. But I would argue, man, and I, I know, I don't think, I know Todd and JP would say the same thing. Hey, it's it's each and every one of us being faithful all throughout the city where God has us. And so, so yeah, so tonight we're actually going to, we are, like Ryan said, we're going to talk about um, this idea of how do we engage in these conversations. So we've given you a couple tools, the bridge, your story, but it's like, hey, how do you even get there? How do you start? And so uh, the picture up there on that first slide is actually from a book, the book itself, uh, called Tactics. And so it's it's by a guy named Greg Kokul. We'll talk about that at the end, along with a few other resources. But he's a we're a big fan of Greg and a lot of his work. He's come to Watermark a few different times. Have any of you been to the apologetics class or the training day that Greg taught? Just one, just a couple. Okay, yeah. So he, uh, man, we're we're big fans of what he does, and and uh, part of tonight is really going to be uh, summarizing some of his work. But I'd say don't don't just take the notes tonight, man. Go read the book. But um, that's from last week. And so yeah, the the, the whole idea of tactics and really what we're going to spend most, if if not all of our time tonight, is asking questions. Uh, and just this idea that questions are arguably, uh, I would say, second to scripture itself, one of, if not the most powerful way to engage in people in spiritual conversations. And so uh, up there on the slide, and as you guys have the notes in front of you, 90, or, or sorry, first off, Jesus asked over 300 questions in the four Gospels. And now some of those are like the same question and the same story in the different Gospels. And so I'm, I'm not trying to embellish that number, but over 300 times we have these glimpses into how Jesus communicated during his time on earth. And 90% of the time, this is the one that blows my mind, when he's asked a question, 90% of the time he responds with a question. Or maybe starts a conversation with a question. And so so the, the what I would argue from that is Jesus, you know, if he's our, our example and is, is arguably the, the master conversationalist, the best conversationalist of all time, we can learn from him in that. And we can we can use questions to communicate with people in a loving, winsome way, just like Christ did. And another another uh, guy, Paul, did it often in, in, in his letters even. And so um, I encourage you guys at another time, we're not gonna go over it tonight, but Romans uh, eight the last kind of 12 to 13 verses in Romans 8, and then most of Romans 9, you'll see this theme of Paul will ask. So in your Bible, it's like the, the last 12 verses of Romans 8. It's like question, 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 question. Then he goes to Scripture. And, uh, and then in Romans 9, again, he goes question, question. And he just asks all these questions. It's going to build a defense for what he's ultimately going to try to say. And the, the thing that's great about Paul when he's doing it in those letters 
when I say scripture, he's answering with Old Testament scripture at the time. What what would have been scripture to him? And so, at your own uh, at your own time this week, encourage you to go check out Romans eight and Romans nine for an example of of Paul doing the very same thing. And so, um, yeah, questions are powerful, and so we're gonna uh, try to do our best to equip you tonight on some different specific questions to ask and just really ways to to ask questions. And so, um, one of the main things that Greg talks about in his book is this idea of putting a stone in someone's shoe. And what he means by that is simply asking a question or having a conversation, and usually through questions, to, to get that person, when their head hits the pillow that night, it's just like, man, that was a really good question. Or, or maybe that was a really weird question. Or, man, I've, no one's ever asked me, you know, fill in the blank, the question that, that Joe asked me earlier today. Like, man, I'm, I can't get that out of my head. I can't shake it. And so the exact same thing when you get a stone in your shoe. Like, you, you, you can't walk very long without stopping, untying your shoe, taking it off, getting the stone out, and then going about your day. And so having that mindset with someone, when you're engaging in a conversation, I can be guilty, way too guilty, guys, of making uh, the conversation about the result. Say, hey, did they accept Christ? Was it? How did I do? How was my presentation? And I, I'm, Our world is so results-focused. It's crazy. Uh, and I'm, again, I'm guilty as anyone of just being brainwashed by, hey, it's all about the results. And that, that could not be further from the truth of Christianity. It's about faithfulness. And so like Ryan said, and I love that he shared that, he, he whiffed terribly with family. And yet I would argue, man, he was doing his best to be faithful and to have that conversation. And so when you're engaging with folks, don't think, oh, man, if they don't accept Christ and I draw the bridge perfectly and all the cross is crooked and I forgot the verse, like, it's okay. Just be faithful to do your best to engage with them. And, and trust the results to God because you could you could hit a home run and they could be like, okay, so <laughs> it's just it could be awkward and so it just the results are up to God and so as as you're going about this as we continue to talk about questions, um, don't think that the results are up to you. You just you just want to get up to bat and even if you strike out, hey, you got up to bat and I'd say that that's what matters. And so um, you're, you're trying to put a stone in their shoe and then yeah, some of the things there about questions you know they are they're they're friendly and flattering you know even folks who don't like to talk typically will talk more if they're asked good questions um, great conversation starters and, and so that one I say who in your life just, you can jot this down and you, I hopefully go thank them or compliment them but who in your life is a good conversationalist so just take a take a few seconds right now to think man who who do you like talking to now, who who gets good conversations out of you, or who do you have good conversations with? And maybe a room this size, I won't be surprised if some of you, in humility, can say, "I think I'm a pretty good conversation." Like, write yourself down. I mean, but yeah, just who who in your life is a good conversationalist? There's a, a couple men in particular in my life that I, just, I love talking to. They ask me unique questions. It's the conversation's always lively. It's never quiet or awkward. And so jot those people down, and then I'd encourage you, after tonight, I hope you're going to be encouraged to, to reach out to them and thank them for the way that they engage you in conversations. And then also, as you go on and when you talk to them, to, to uh, learn from them and say, hey, what makes this person a good conversationalist? And, and I, I can almost guarantee you, they're gonna, the next time you talk to them, they're going to ask you some really good questions. And if you have that filter in your mind of, okay, I want to see... So Will is a guy in my life. It's like, what, what questions is Will going to ask me this time? And they're going to be good. They're going to be engaging. And so think about those people. Um, yeah, they're interactive by nature. They buy you valuable time. That, that's a big one we're going to hit on tonight. Just this idea that um, you can think, you can pray. I'd say that's one of the best things. You ask a good question, someone starts talking. Lord, what in the world do you want me to say right now? <laughs> Give me a scripture. Give me something. I, I'll do that sometimes in, in, in my head, not out loud. That'd be really weird. <laughs> uh, that w- that'll end a conversation as they're talking. You st- st- start praying out loud. 
Um, hey, God, God could use that. He probably would. Um, but yeah, just, just this, this is a chance to gather yourself and think if, if you can get the other person talking. Um, and then the last one, the, the put you in the driver's seat, that can be a good thing, but it can also be a really dangerous thing because there's people out there who are phenomenal question askers, conversationalists, if you will. Man, they're bullies and they're manipulative and they just, they can drive conversations. I, I got a, a buddy who's a devout atheist and um, we're really good friends. I, I don't take counsel from him, but I enjoy his company and I, I pray, I, you guys pray for him. I'm not going to give you his name at the risk of uh, him listening to this, which he probably never will, but pray for my atheist friend. Um, anyway, I, I'll give you his first name. His first name's Dan. I'm not going to give you his last name though. Pray for Dan. But anyway, uh, love Dan to death, but he, and he'd even admit he used to be a huge bully. He's smart. He's a doctor. He's well-educated, but he could, he can drive a conversation very, very efficiently and very effectively. And he just, he does it to be a bully sometimes. And so, so that's not what we're going for. Um, but yeah, just questions can, they can, they can put you in the driver's seat. And so, um, again, just this, this idea that uh, hopefully, okay, we get it questions, but man, they are, they're powerful. And I just, I hope tonight for you to just change your thinking and just be more aware of the questions you use and the questions you ask as you uh, as you go about life, and so we we're gonna do a little experiment. We're gonna cancel that, so you can cross that slide out. Uh, so yeah, open ended versus closed ended. Starting, so we got kind of three three chunks of questions here. We're gonna focus on the remainder of our time. And this first one's really simple, really straightforward. You probably learned it either consciously or subconsciously when you were like seven. Um, but the, just this idea of asking an open ended versus a closed ended question. So just a couple high level thoughts on closed ended. Um, they're usually answered with a single word or a very short phrase and, uh, and not always, but some of those words do, would, are, will, if, or, or what they're going to start with. And so just ask is, have you ever had a conversation with someone? So if I'm talking to Ryan, Hey Ryan, do you have some time to talk? Yep. Uh, how's your day today? It was good. You, we bit the game tomorrow. Yep. You going to church on Sunday? Yep. Uh, do you have any questions to ask me? No. It's like, okay, this is awkward. Like, just, I, I don't know about you guys, but I've had those conversations at church and at the porch before and at different events where I'm, I'm trying to, like, get something out of someone. And at the end of the day, maybe you're just talking to a wall and that you could ask them the best questions and they're not going to give you anything. But chances are you just you, you asked them some really poor questions and gave them layups to deny you and to deny the conversation. And so um, just be cognizant of that. And, and closed-ended questions aren't always bad. I don't want to paint them as, like, the evil question, like, I can never ask it. Sometimes they serve a purpose. So, you know, hey, how long have you been coming to Watermark? Uh, three years. Like, that's an okay question to ask, and that gets you good information. But if all you do is ask them, uh, chances are, uh, more often than not, you'll be met with some awkward short answers, and it's like, okay, I don't want to keep talking to this person right now. Um, and then, conversely, open-ended, just really the opposite. You know, likely to receive a, a longer response, um, you get them to think and reflect, which is great because you're then getting a, a glimpse into their world and you'll then learn how, uh, what questions to ask to guide the conversation in a winsome way. Again, not to be a bully, but as they do talk more, you can, oh, they said that. I want to remember to go back to that later on and ask them a question about that. Um, and then lastly, again, just being aware of with, why, and how. And so just even those couple simple words that typically start conversations is, as you guys are hopefully practicing and, and training to be better conversationalists, better evangelists, you can just be aware. And, and really, I, I'd encourage you guys to have a, a quiver of questions, if you will. Don't think that you got to come up with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. I mean, have four, five, six that just are your go-tos to start good conversations. Like, it's okay if you keep going back to the same thing. I mean, all Christianity is, guys, it's plagiarism. <laughs> it's just stealing what someone else said. I mean, 
Jesus said it, Paul said it, and we're just saying it over and over and over again in slightly unique, different ways. And uh, it, it, it's plagiarism in a good way. But um, yeah, I heard it said that originality within Christianity is just forgetting who said it first. And so uh, don't be afraid to use, when Todd says something, I'm saying, man, write it down and use it. Uh, and JP said something catchy. If, we, if tonight you, you come up with some good questions, man, write it down and use that same one over and over and over again. Uh, don't be afraid of that. But So yeah, open and close-ended. Um, again, pretty pretty straightforward there. I'm, I'm guessing that's not like mind blowing to any of you, but just hopefully you're just you're more aware of it now as you continue to engage and engage in these types of conversations. And so, um, the next two two questions we're going to talk about are really the hopefully maybe the newest or some of the things you haven't heard before. And these are straight out of Greg's book. And so um, they're called uh, the Columbo questions. And there's two in particular that we're going to focus on tonight that are really 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 effective. In engaging with folks. And so the first one, as you see there, is what do you mean by that? And with this question, uh, all you're doing is finding out what a person thinks. And as I've used this question, um, kind of two, two main things have happened. One, I find myself using it all the time, like with, with my wife, with my friends, with coworkers. It's like all sorts of people, not just, you know, strangers that I'm trying to share Jesus with. But when you're really trying to be a better listener and engage in good conversations, People say stuff that's like, wait, what do they mean by that? Like, and it's not, and, and be free to say, hey, help me, can you, can you help me understand? Earlier you said, and say, hey, what did you mean by that? And, and so one homework assignment I'm going to give you guys and, uh, is just this week, I want you to have a conversation doing with, with nothing but questions. So you're not going to tell the person that, but I want you to go into some conversation this week. It, it could be, for those of you who are married, be with your spouse. If it's a roommate, coworker, so it doesn't even have to be a stranger. Um, if it is, you know, great. And, and, and to be clear, we're not, I'm not asking you to share Jesus. Although if that happens, please do. <laughs> don't, don't, uh, don't miss on a layup. But yeah, so as you go into a conversation, I want you to do nothing but ask questions. And specifically, I'm saying it now, and, and we'll, we'll go over some more here, but saying, hey, what did you mean by that? I'll bet you, you can ask that question anywhere from two to five, maybe six times or more. The person will have no clue that you're only asking that question and, and they'll just keep answering it. And, and I have. I've had, I've had 10, 15, 20, 30-minute conversations before where all I've done is say, hey, what do you mean by that? And, and, and I don't, and I'm, to be clear, I'm not doing it to, like, make fun of the person. Or it, it truly is. It's a great exercise, and you'll learn how much you can get someone talking and how much you can learn about whatever topic you, you pick to talk about simply by asking, hey, what do you mean by that? And so, again, all you're doing is figuring out what they think. And so, in that, you just you don't want to misunderstand them or, or misrepresent them because, um, at the end of the day, that can often happen, especially on topics of like spirituality or religion. Even if you're talking to someone who, who maybe thinks they're a Christian, um, they might have a really skewed understanding of the gospel, or they might have a really uh, uh, bad or just inaccurate upbringing in a, a church that doesn't preach good doctrine. And so you just you don't want to miss things like that as you're trying to love on folks, because at the end of the day, words matter, and how we communicate matters. And so by saying, hey, what do you mean by that? You can really better understand, hey, what does this person think? Um, what, what are the views that they hold? So that, uh, as we're going to get to here in just a second, you can then figure out um, where to take the conversation from that. Because if you don't know that they think uh, Jesus was just a, a good teacher and he wasn't really God, uh, that's going to, that would, knowing that is going to drastically change your conversation as opposed to, oh yeah, Jesus, like just because they say Jesus doesn't mean they're believing in the same Jesus that you believe in. And so, so again, it, it's a super simple question, but I'd say it's one of, if not the most effective question I, I use when I'm engaging with folks, hey, what do you mean by that? And so, 
Um, and then the next one, so that's, again, what a person thinks. You're just getting what they think. There. Then the next one is how did you come to that conclusion? And so in this one, you're, you're starting to go a little deeper. You're, you're figuring out why they think what they do. And guys and gals, as you ask this question, you're going to get some crazy answers. You're going to get, oh, well, and my professor in my sophomore year of college said, oh, well, I had an uncle who took a class on spirituality, and he once said, oh, one day I was listening to the radio. And so, I mean, just people, a lot of the times when it comes to religion, if, if they don't have a, a strong conviction about what they believe and they're just kind of going through the motions, whatever religion, I'm not dogging on any one of them in particular, and they have, they're going to do their best to kind of quote or regurgitate something they've heard. But again, I don't say this to look down on anyone, but they have no idea why they think what they do. And they're just kind of repeating back different things. And so in this one, you're just, you're really getting to the heart of, man, where does this person get their information from? What is their source of truth in their life? And so, um, and that second bullet I think is huge here. You're not trying to de- defeat them with some argument. You're not trying to figure out what and why they think so you can whip out your three bullet points of being smart and why you're just, you're just figuring out, Hey, what is it that they believe? Why do they believe that? And then as you continue to ask questions, um, eventually if the conversation goes long enough, they're going to talk in circles. And what I mean by that is at the end of the day, uh, we, we believe in the truth and uh, Christianity is true. Jesus is God. And so we have the truth on our side, and so if they don't believe that, and so if you're having a spiritual conversation with them and they believe in fill-in-the-blank with any other religion out there, at some point they're going to contradict themselves. At some point they're going to say something that just doesn't make sense or just completely flies in the face of something you do believe or, or Scripture you do know. And so, again, you're not trying to, like, pounce on them with Scripture and say, oh, but you're just, they're going to eventually contradict themselves. They have to. And it might not happen in one conversation. It could happen over time. Um, but yeah, that, that, that is the beauty of uh, going back to, hey, the results are up to God because, man, we've got truth on our side. And again, I, I don't say that arrogantly as a Christian. I don't think we should walk around like, hey, we got the truth. Like, you stink, other religions. Like, that's not what we're trying to do. But at the end of the day, they will contradict themselves at some point. If if you're having this mindset of um, defend, making them defend their claim versus trying to defeat it. And so, uh, again, then just three kind of questions you can be running through your own mind. Hey, is, is that even... They just said they believe that dinosaurs still exist in Wyoming. Like, is that, like, uh, you know, just whatever they might throw at you. And just think, is that possible? Is it plausible? Is that even probable? And not being afraid to be like, hey, bro, you told me that you saw a unicorn the other day that was flying. Like, bro, no, I I don't believe. You know, just not being, you know, whatever it might be. But not being afraid to kind of lovingly like, hey, I'm not buying that. Uh, and and not being afraid, you know, as, as Lance was saying earlier, hey, I, they were, it was kind of awkward, but I, I kept going. I kept digging in and not being afraid to do that. And so what we want you guys to do now is take a few minutes at your table uh, to brainstorm as many ways as you possibly can. Again, I, I hope this exercise turns into questions that you take with you. But so those two Columbo questions, hey, what did you mean by that? And then how did you come to that conclusion? I want you guys, we're going to give you five, maybe ten minutes at most. Just think of as many different different ways that you can ask really the heart of those two questions. And so get creative. Think, hey, what would be a different, more unique, engaging way that I could ask, what do you mean by that? Or that I could ask, how did you come to that conclusion? So uh, any questions about just what we're asking in this little exercise? 
What did I? Well, let me let me tell you again. Good, you guys get bonus points. So this isn't a competition. We're not going to ask like, hey, which table got the most? But we will ask. Hey, does anyone have any that they want to share that they think are really good? And so take uh, take five, maybe seven minutes, just to brainstorm as many questions as you can uh, in place of the two that we just talked about. All right, everybody. You know, wrap up your conversations. So what table wants to share one or two or a couple just questions that they came up with? Raise your hand. Shout it out. Nice and loud. You guys got one? Is that a hand? No? Be careful. Come on. You got, you got, yeah, go for it. Nice and loud. What do you believe? That's a good one. Yeah, just sim- simple. But that, again, it doesn't even, hey, what do you believe? Yeah. What do you think about what I just said? That's a really good one. So, so as you do share with someone, hey, what do you think? What do you think about what I just shared? That's open ended. They'll give them to talk. Yeah. Can you tell me more about that? That's really good. A great addition of, hey, what do you mean by that? Can you tell me more about that? What else? What makes you feel that way? Okay, so that's a different iteration of the second one. What else? What's that? Yeah. Where are you coming from? It's good. Yeah, and I hope you guys are jotting these down from, from the other tables. What else? That's awesome. Yeah, so one of them was, what doubts do you have? Or two, I, I like that first one. Have you ever felt differently? So kind of getting a history of why they believe or what they believe. So have you have you ever felt differently about that? Yeah, a lot of times. Uh, I don't know if I can say a lot. I've talked to guys that are like not not of the faith, but they grew up in the faith, and they grew up going to church, and so figuring out their background can be really helpful. That's good. What else? A couple more? One, two more? No? Yeah? That's really good. And so she said, if you guys didn't hear, is that from personal experience? And by that saying, hey, is it is it a personal experience that's informing the review or is it someone else that, that they said that's informing the review? And, that, and that's really, really good because uh, experience can be can be a good teacher, but it can also be a really bad and a really dangerous teacher. And so, yeah, figuring out if it was an experience, that, that's an awesome question. Got one more. I got one. You got one? Let's hear it. All right, so we've talked about open-ended and closed-ended. Again, nothing uh, nothing crazy there, but just a simple fact of just thinking through, hey, what are open-ended questions I can ask? We've now talked about um, the, the two Columbo questions. You know, what did you, what'd you mean by that? And then how did you come to that conclusion? And you guys brainstormed some other ones. And then the last ones we're going to talk about uh, tonight are called diagnostic questions. And, uh, and then we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up with a, a little summary. But so diagnostic questions, if you guys have been coming out Watermark for a while, you've may, probably heard or maybe you've had these asked of you. Uh, but they're two really simple questions. And just like we go to the doctor's office and they ask us questions to diagnose what's going on with us, you'd be a terrible doctor if you just walked in and was like, hey, my head hurts. Like, all right, here's some medicine. I'm like, bad, bad doctor. And it'd say, similarly, like, bad Christian. <laughs> if someone just comes to you and you just start giving them counsel without really knowing what's going on. And so the first question, uh, hey, if you were to die tonight on a scale of 1 to 10, how sure that you go to heaven? Uh, and, and to be clear, I mean, 10 <laughs> is the right answer. However, I believe some people say 10, and they're really not. And we'll get into that in the second question. I also believe some people say, you know, 
they don't say 10, and they probably truly are saved. And so don't get so hung up on the number that you miss maybe how they answer it or their heart behind it. And so this is just a kind of a scale to gauge, hey, where are they at with in their mind with God? And then the second one is, again, getting more to the heart of it. Hey, if, if, and I like to usually preface this to someone and say, hey, I don't think it happens this way. But just, hey, if you're standing before God and he asks you, why should I let you into heaven, what would you say? Um, and, and a lot of the common responses I get to both of these questions are, that's a really good question. <laughs> like, I get that one probably more than that. That's a really good question. Or, I've never thought about that before. Uh, some some sense of bewilderment or really just confusion. And that alone is like, okay, they're probably not a Christian. They're probably not saved no matter what they say. Again, you can learn a lot about where they're at just by how they answer the question. And so both of these are great. I use them very, very frequently, if not more frequently than than any other two questions when I'm having spiritual conversations with folks to really just get where they're at so that I can know where to go from there. And so, but the thing I want to say with these is make sure that these aren't your leading questions. Make sure you don't meet someone and you just jump into this. Like, uh, and, and sometimes that might be appropriate, maybe, uh, but most of the time people are going to be like, maybe blindsided or just like, whoa, like what just happened? And just so make sure you earn the right to ask these questions is how I like to say that. And, and that can just be as simple as, hey, what's your name? And, and just getting to know them a little bit. And, and, and then as you transition to these, hey, hey, can I ask you a more personal question? Or, hey, can I ask you, uh, I mean, I, I love talking about uh, my faith. Can I ask you a couple questions that's related to that or something? And just trying to get into these rather than just like, oh, hey, my name's, Joe, what's your name, Ryan? Oh, hey, Ryan, if you were to die tonight on a scale of 1 to 10, how should you? I just, uh, I, I, I know folks who have done it before and it's worked, but I'd say that's probably the minority. Um, we've even, so we train all of our porch volunteers. They all go through this two month training program that, that's really similar to a lot of the stuff we've been sharing with you guys. And um, we've even, we even had a season at the porch where brand new folks would be like, let me guess, you're going to ask me if I'm on a scale of 1 to 10 if, and like, yeah, how'd you know? He's like, you're the third person to come up to me and ask me those questions. So like, we had to like te- tell folks, hey, scale it back a little bit, like get to know them first. And so, uh, and really that leads into just, oh yeah, you want to jump in on that quick? So on those questions, a couple things. One, um, I love to just say, hey, this is just uh, kind of a baseline so that we can be on the same page. And so if you say that kind of on the front end, um, it does two things. One, it lets their guard down a little bit. It's just, hey, can I ask you a couple questions just so that we're talking the same language? And so I don't know if you're engaging in a conversation to then just be able to say, hey, I don't... I don't know your church experience and my church experience. And so sometimes when we say things in church, you can be kind of thinking in English and I'm thinking in French. And so we miscommunicate. And so these two questions help us to just get on the same page uh, as we continue to have our conversation. So that's the first thing, kind of clarifying, hey, why ask these questions? And then two, to not just end there. And so if you guys go back to week one, when we talked about the forgiveness narrative versus the gospel narrative. Uh, these questions, uh, if we just stay there, can lead to just the forgiveness narrative, uh, which is, you know, uh, heaven or hell, uh, saved or not saved. And that's not really where we want to end up. We want to end up uh, helping folks uh, enter into this gospel narrative that they were created in the image of God, uh, that because sin entered the world, that they are separated uh, from the love of God, that Jesus Christ has paid for all their sins so that they can have a relationship with God, and that now they're being asked to walk with God in a very intimate way. And so that's very different than kind of 
uh, black or white. And so the tools that we've been learning, so things like the bridge illustration and things like the diagnostic questions, allow us to help assess where people are at, for us to ask really good questions, to just help get to on the same page and a, a better understanding. But ultimately, we want to make sure that we're walking people through that entire story uh, and not just kind of a yes or no uh, question. And these things help us understand where they're at in that story. So those are the two things that I would uh, diagnostic questions. One, just kind of tee it up uh, so that we know that we're speaking the same language. And then two, don't just leave it at the diagnostic questions, but uh, continue to walk in that path of kind of discipleship with folks. So, And we're going to talk more about that next week. All right, so wrapping this all up. So we've talked about open-ended versus closed-ended, talked about the Colombo questions, talked about the diagnostic questions. Uh, one thing, too, on the diagnostic questions, some people call them the Kennedy questions. I have no idea why. Uh, but if you hear the Kennedy questions, they're, ch- they're talking about those, those two diagnostic questions we just covered. And so um, I want to wrap up with just a couple things of what people are really asking when they ask you questions. And so when people come to you and ask you questions about God or about the faith and they have questions, most of the time, I can't, I can't say always, I, I want to because it's a very small percentage at least from my experience and also from what others have told me. Most of the time when they want to know about dinosaurs or how old the earth is or is the Bible reliable, all these different, you know, intellectual, maybe more intellectually based questions that right now you may or may not feel equipped to answer. Um, most of the time, those are all just a front. They're, they're completely a front to the really the, the heart questions that I've got on there. Just, hey, is God good? And does he love me? Like, that's what they really want to know. Is, is he big enough to do something about it? Can he really forgive me for what I've done? Like, and just what they want to know is, man, is God good and does he love him? And so um, sometimes if you got a good enough relationship, you can just point blank ask them questions like that. Hey, let me ask you, do you believe God's good? Because, like, man, we can talk about dinosaurs. We can talk about, you know, but at the end of the day, man, I just want to tell you, God loves you. Like, I'll do my best to answer your questions. I'll do my best to, if I don't know, to go find the answer. Man, I, to be clear, I, I don't think I'm crazy to believe what I believe, but, man, do you believe that God's good? Because, man, the God that I want to talk to you about, he loves me like crazy. And just and getting really to the forgetting, you know, at the risk, forget, forget everything we've taught you and, just, and go love people. And now that said, I think there's a lot of value in the tools, and that is why we teach them and we practice them, we go over them. But, man, at the, at the core of it, almost everyone I've ever talked to doesn't actually have an intellectual problem with God. And if they do, and again, those, those men and women are out there. And, and you know, First Peter 3.15, you know, talks about being prepared to give a defense for your faith. And so I absolutely think there's value in reading books to, to answer uh, apologetic-type questions, to, to look on websites, to be more equipped to answer skeptical questions. But most of the time, it's really getting to the heart and the core of, man, what does this person believe about God? And what hurt in their life or what sin in their life, uh, what, what negative image of God in their life is, present, is preventing them uh, from, from trusting God and going all, all in with Christianity. And a way I've heard, uh, I think Todd, I know Ryan's used it before, but just basically saying to someone, hey, if, real quick, if I could answer every single question you have and give you a good, reasonable answer, would you right now fall on your face and worship God as your Lord and Savior? And most people are going to say no to that. And that's just that shows that, hey, the, the, the questions aren't really about dinosaurs. They're not really about, you know, I keep picking on dinosaurs in the age of the earth. But um, 
those come up. But uh, it, it is. It's man. Is God good? Does He love me? Does He really care? Is, is He is He powerful enough to do something about it? And so, so, so I say that to to ultimately wrap up with this. Just guys, questions and engagement with folks. It's all about loving people, and and that takes time. And so it it, it could take you over a year to just engage with one person to get to know them well enough to love them to earn the right to ask some tough questions and and that's okay. Don't feel like every day, okay, if I if I don't talk to one person about Jesus today before I go to bed, every single day I'm a failure. I mean, maybe maybe that's what God puts on your heart to talk to one person every single day, but but maybe not. Maybe you keep going back to the same person and it's all about loving them. And so um and with that the the last thing I'll say is the 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 only I'm, I'm not even going to say the best. The only way to get good at this is asking questions, is, is going and asking questions and practicing it. You can write down as many of these as you want. Uh, you're not going to memorize them. You're not going to have them in that proverbial quiver I talked about until you get out there and you make a fool of yourself a couple times by asking a bunch of closed-ended questions and having the conversation go super short and just stumbling over your words. But the, the best way uh, to go about this is to, is to practice and just to get out there and start asking people questions and loving on them that way. And so Again, I hope you take notes. I hope you read over the notes. I hope you try to memorize questions before you go engage in a conversation. But if you do all that, like textbook perfect, like academically A+, plus, I'm, I'm an I'm a academic professional question asker, your first conversation is probably going to be terrible. <laughs> uh, I hope it's not, and, and it, it very well might not be, but it is. It's all about just getting out there and practicing. And so um, the last slide there, and then Ryan's going to come up and, and, and wrap us up, is just some, some great, great resources. And so really, really quickly, the first three are books. Uh, did they, do they all have One Thing You Can't Do in Heaven? Or is that an option to purchase? Or Okay, yeah, so One Thing You Can't Do in Heaven, uh, it's, uh, we sell them for five bucks, which is what we get them for. Mark Cahill is the man. He's crazy. He's like fearless to go into conversations. Uh, the next one, Tactics, with Greg Kokul. Uh, so one thing you can't do in heaven is just encouraging because there's story after story after story after story. Uh, tactics is a little more academic in nature. It starts getting into some more specifics and, um, and, and strategy. And then conversational evangelism is, is, is as the title suggests. Uh, and then the last four are just some great websites there. And those are, those are going to be more um, equipping in nature. Those websites aren't going to necessarily um, give you a ton of questions to ask, but really help you answer uh, question uh, answer questions that skeptics might have. So equipping yourself with with more scripture, or equipping yourself with you know the the, the two I've been picking on with. Hey, what does the Bible say about dinosaurs? And just to be able to give you a, a reasonable response to something like that. Um, but uh, yeah, so those are some phenomenal resources. Gotquestions.org is probably my favorite of the four websites. It's got thousands and thousands of answered questions uh, about the Bible using the Bible. And so, Ryan, you wanna. Take us home. Hey, so I want to review uh, kind of our first few weeks together uh, as just some reminders. And so one, week one, we just talked about uh, this compare and contrast the difference between a forgiveness narrative and a gospel narrative. And I want to make sure that we really understand that. Um, And so as you guys uh, think about this, if you continue to have questions, we'd love to be a part of helping you guys think through the kind of different narratives. Uh, And even as you go and start to engage with people, um, then you'll notice that some of this stuff comes up. The second week, we just talked about this idea of you being able to uh, share the gospel in a very simple and concise way through the bridge illustration. Uh, And so by just using one verse uh, to be able to share with folks really what is happening 
with the gospel and then to continue to be able to unpack that. And the third week, we talked about uh, being able to give your own personal testimony. Um, and then this week, we just talked about um, tactics inside of conversations. How do we do a really good job of asking questions, of starting uh, conversations? And so we'd love for you guys to put those things into practice this week. And so we've got, uh, I think, one week left of the class. And so we'd love for you guys to um, share the gospel clearly with somebody using the bridge illustration, um, to share your personal testimony uh, with somebody, um, and then to do an excellent job of asking good questions. Um, and so we'll go back to what we talked about, an easy way for that, those assignments is just blame it on the the guy at church that's helping lead the class. And so just say, hey, uh, I've got a homework assignment. Can I practice my homework assignment on with you. Part of that is just uh, giving my testimony or sharing my own story. And so can I try that with you? Um, and so it's a really easy way to find somebody uh, to do that with. But we would encourage you guys um, to do that. And then the second thing that I would encourage you guys with, and so as, we, as I brought up this map and just talked a little bit about, um, hey, write down any time that you shared the gospel with somebody, any time that you prayed for somebody, or any time that you uh, serve somebody. And I did that intentionally to just say, hey, uh, all of those things are very interlinked together. And so this idea that we get to pray for folks allows us to have a heart that continues to just uh, be broken for them that we couldn't help but want to share the good news with somebody. And so if we're not praying for folks, then oftentimes our heart isn't wrapped around the idea that they may not know Jesus. And then the second thing is just that uh, part of uh, sharing the gospel with somebody is just being kind and serving them, you know. And so I want to encourage you guys to do that uh, outside of kind of uh, the techniques that we've been sharing with you guys is just that uh, you guys would just love people really well. Um, And so all of the intentionally those things were all done is to just show, hey, Part of sharing the gospel with people uh, is praying for them uh, and that we would serve them well. And so in Romans 2, it just says, you know, that it's God's uh, kindness that leads us to repentance. And I'm reading this book right now uh, that I'm not a huge reader, if I'm honest, uh, but I'm taking a class. And so I'm reading uh, Augustine, St. Augustine's Confessions. And so for somebody who doesn't love to read, to read a book that is uh, 1,700 years old is a little painful. Um, but there's just uh, something that I read this week that was like so true 1,700 years ago, uh, and I think it's true today. And so Augustine, for you guys who don't know, he was a uh, well-known philosopher. He had studied uh, Plato really well. He had kind of uh, gotten into the best of schools, full ride uh, at a school in Carthage, which was kind of epicenter of academia then. Uh, He was a professor uh, and basically went from Carthage to Rome up to Milan. And so kind of all the cultural thing hubs that were happening at that time, then, um, you know, he's one of the smartest people uh, at that time. And uh, on hindsight, then he's one of what they would call kind of one of the four Latin fathers of the faith. And he studied under this guy named Ambrose. Uh, And Ambrose was also one of the the forefathers. So we're kind of talking, uh, I'm going to share just a little excerpt from the relationship with um, the guy who uh, 
at that time was kind of the head of uh, philosophy in Milan, and then uh, the guy that kind of studied underneath him. Uh, and these are two of the four kind of pillars of the faith uh, from that time period. And so uh, Augustine just says, uh, This man of God welcomed me with fatherly kindness and showed me the charitable concern for my pilgrimage that befitted a bishop. I began to feel affection for him, not at first as a teacher of truth. For that, I had given up my hope of finding in your church, but as simply but simply as a man who is kind to me. And so this guy, uh, who we've probably, most of us have at least heard his name, uh, who potentially is one of the smartest people ever uh, in our faith, just says that it was, uh, he had given up hope of finding truth in the church, but this guy was simply just kind to him. Uh, and that's how it started. A guy that we learned from, a guy that informed significant amount of our theology today, uh, just says that a guy was kind to him. And so that would be my challenge to you guys, uh, that it's not just an intellectual exercise, uh, that it's not about how clearly can we say something, and those things are really important. We want to handle the truth of God really well. Uh, but I would say that it starts with praying for people. Uh, the next step is being really kind to serve people well. Uh, and that the third step uh, is putting words to all those things that we've been doing. That we'd be able to articulate God's heart for somebody uh, and that we would be able to uh, just bring clarity to the way that we treated somebody because we were so kind to them, because we serve them. Uh, and so that would be uh, my goal is next week that we come back up here as we wrap up the class and just get to share stories of how we've uh, prayed for folks, how we've been kind to people, how we've served them, and how we've got to engage with them uh, in a spiritual conversation. And so that's what we're going to talk about a little bit next week is just get to celebrate uh, how God may have uh, used us or at least changed our heart over the last couple of weeks. Um, and then we'll also just talk about uh, some next steps and some opportunities for you guys uh, to continue to develop uh, this uh, idea of evangelizing to folks. And so love to end our time uh, praying together, and then uh, I'm happy to stay uh, and answer any questions that you guys have. God, thank you for uh, using a guy named Andy Bearden in 1997 to just uh, share your good news with me. I know that you didn't need him, Lord, but man, how awesome that you got to use him as part of my story. And so I pray that uh, you would use us somehow, some way, uh, to get to be a part of somebody's story. We know that you're going to do really big things in Dallas, Texas this week. And I pray that we would get to be a part of them, that we would get to witness them, that we would get to smile because we got to pray for somebody. Uh, who might come to know you. I pray that we would be your hands and feet and serve our city this week. I pray that we would be unashamed of you, Lord, because you love the world so much that you sent your one and only son to die for us so that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. 
I pray that we would believe that ourselves. So much so that we would have the confidence to share that with others. That it wouldn't be through rhetoric or winsome speech, but that it would be through our hearts being turned towards you. That our joy would overflow so much that folks would see the hope that we have and be forced to ask us questions. What is different about that person? And so I know that you will provide us opportunities this week. I pray that we would not be ashamed of the gospel. That we would be bold to engage in conversation. And that we would not be afraid, but that we would know that you will give us the words to speak. And so I pray that we would be faithful to whatever you call us to. Ask all these things in your name. Amen.